Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your grace, even for us to come to tonight again, even to learn. Uh, as we go through today's lesson, we ask, Father, that you would bless us with your spirit. You would guide us. You would speak to each and every one of us, Father. You would cause a blessing to rest upon each and every one of us, Father, that we will receive life again, even in this lesson, in this class today, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we, we believe that you have answered our prayers. We believe, Father, that you've heard us. Father, we believe that you will supply your spirit in abundance, even for understanding, even for help, even for growth, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, I commit myself to you, Lord. Even as we go through this class, I ask for help even to speak as I ought in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered the prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Uh, and, and thank you for, for saying amen. It is good to say amen. Amen. Um, I welcome everyone uh, this uh, evening. Uh, yeah, welcome to today's class. So we are at chapter three of the class, of life class. Um, and the topic for today's class is fate towards God. So it says fate towards God. Um, just before I continue, uh, I would like to just quickly um, establish a few things. Uh, first, uh, I believe I would need help in reading the scriptures. So I would like to ask if someone would like to volunteer to be my helper or to or someone volunteer to help me with the reading of, uh, of the scriptures that we'll be going through in this lesson. Anyone? Let anyone that the Holy Ghost is talking to, if you are the one, if you are the one, you are the one, do not shy away. Okay. Ah, Wesley, thank you. Uh, thank you for volunteering. I really appreciate it. Okay, all right. So that is established. Um, so uh, I guess the other part will be regarding questions. So I believe uh, maybe after going through the class, maybe we do um, a review after each class. But if there's any Questions maybe at that time, we'll see if we have time, but if not, uh, we'll just continue next week. Amen. So uh, I would like to start, and okay, and just to establish, I might be showing on and off in the, in the camera. Uh, maybe I will show myself actually. Hi, everybody. So, the, the other aspect is that I would love to, to hear some feedback. So maybe one or two people that maybe would just unmute them. 
Today's class is Faith Towards God. Uh, I would like to just uh, let everyone know that um, it's a quick disclaimer that I'm not as a, I'm not as great as, as when it comes to teaching like Pastor Femi, Pastor Ceci, and uh, Pastor Jeff. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm the least of us that I'm still learning how to, how to talk online and also teach classes. So bear with me. Why I also learned this. Amen. So, uh, chapter three, faith was God. So the brooding thoughts, uh, uh, basically what this chapter would help us answer is one, uh, what is faith towards God? What is the basis of faith? Uh, that's, and what are the characteristics of faith? How does faith come? What is the outcome of faith? Um, this is a very, very awesome, awesome uh, lesson. Well, faith is a very, very integral part of our belief. Uh, in short, we can't be believers without faith. We can't be Christians. We can't be born again. There is nothing that we can do um, as, or there is nothing that we can receive from God or give to God without faith. Um, so faith is very essential. In short, the Christianity is based on faith. Um, so without faith, I don't think we have what is called Christianity. So it is important that we learn that which is integral, which is very important concerning the Christian faith. Well, the Christian faith, okay. So what is the faith? What is faith towards God? Let's read our first. Our first reading today will be Hebrews eleven, verse one to six. So, Brother Wesley, if you can please help us to read that, that will be great. Although it's also here, but I'd like us to read it together. And even as Wesley is you know, helping us read, I would like each and every one of us to also open our Bible. Um, I know maybe we might be busy doing one of two things, but if you can, if you can, uh, it will be awesome if you can also open the scriptures with us. So it's not just uh, uh, us hearing the scripture being read. And why it's important is because when we read together and uh, we partake in the reading, um, the scripture itself will be a stamp in our heart. So can we just uh, go ahead, Wesley? You can please just help us read that. That would be great. Okay, sir. Thank you. Good evening. Good mm -hmm. evening. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 1 to 6. Yes. Yes. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. It says, through we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen, which which are seen, were not made of things which do appear. Mm 
It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Amen. Um, so uh, I like the uh, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is awesome. And it's, it's pretty much... Um, what gives us a lot of insight into, into faith as well. Um, so I'll read, um, so I'll be reading the, the, the lessons and then from there we we'll, would we'll, we'll go. Um, can we also quickly open Mark eleven twenty two? And then if we can read that. Uh, should I go ahead, sir? Just a second. Uh, yes, you can go ahead. Okay. Um, Mark eleven twenty two. Yes. Jesus answering said unto them, "Have faith in God." Awesome. And Jesus answering said unto them, "Have faith in." God. Um, I think what, what we can take also from this scripture is what he says. He says, have faith in God. I believe this is an instruction for every believer because every believer, anyone that is born again, must have faith in God. We must have faith in God. Without having faith in God, it is impossible to receive, or it is impossible to move into the spirit, or receive things in the spirit. Faith is very, very essential. Um, Hebrews 11, want to see that we just read, was talking about faith. It defined faith. It also um, explained uh, or give us examples of many people that used faith. And then he said in, the, in verse 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, that him is God. So for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Um, and I think we should also mark that, you know, man, it would be awesome for our memory verse, because I believe 
that as we begin to read this, uh, go through this lesson, we begin to see more and more of how this is fundamental. Now, it says in the book, one of the differences between man and beasts is faith. It says this virtue is, is the very tool by which the soul of man connects to God. Now, we're talking about faith. So one of the differences between man and the beast is faith. Now, as I was reading this, uh, it was just interesting reading that this aspect that says one of the differences between man and the beast is faith. Now, imagine if you look at everything created, you would have man, you have angels, uh, you have trees, then you have li other living things. Uh, like goat and all the animals you can think of, all the fishes, the birds of the of the air, of the air, um, the the fishes uh, or the the animals in the sea or fishes of the sea. Um, when you look at every of these creatures, uh, you will realize that they they don't operate the way man operate when it comes to uh, no fate. Now. The different, I mean, a fish or a goat does not need to have faith to do things. A, a, or, for example, a, a, a bird does not need to have faith to feed. Now, the scripture says that God himself feeds the birds of the air, right? As because even when we're talking about, oh, I believe when Jesus was speaking concerning the kingdom, he says, uh, we're going to also give us things. Uh, saying that if you can feed the, feed the birds of the air, I mean, I'm just quickly paraphrasing. Um, but I realized that there's an actual difference between man and you know, beast or animals. And that difference, uh, one of these differences is faith. And a goat can't have faith. However, God has already set in place how they will feed. Um, he that can have faith is man. Says this faith, this virtue is the very tool by which the soul of man connects to God. So, how man connects to God is by faith, meaning that without faith, it is impossible for man to perceive God's things or to receive things spiritual or to receive things from God. Man won't be able to deal on that level without faith. Once man think beyond the natural, he thinks beyond that and he begins to move into God's things. He has begun to, he, that man has started using faith because without faith, it is impossible to connect that realm. Why? Uh, I believe part of the reason is because uh, when um, Adam was, was, uh, created, I'm pretty sure he had faith. Um, the faith that we are trying to have now, whereby we are trying to believe God. Oh, does God even exist? All those things, was they were not Adam's problem. By default, faith was working in Adam. Adam was, or let me say, Adam had faith. He didn't, they didn't need to teach him to have faith. It was, it was the basis by which he can have relationship with God. Then after Adam sinned, you now realize that over the years, Satan has been removing faith 
what element of faith out of man. Men are getting weaker, weaker by the day. One of the things that actually gives strength to man is faith. That's one of them. Uh, but you now realize that when you begin to remove faith from a man, the man gets weaker. He begins to, he begins to lose sense of God. He begins to lose sense of his maker because it is removing that man from the spiritual realm and begin to make that man carnal, meaning there is no need to think about God or God supplying things or God giving things. Now, he now begins, or he begins to move into the work of his hand. Now, now tilling the ground. Uh, I believe if you look, if or let me, let me say when we see you know, in Genesis, when God began to speak to Adam, or when Adam sinned, um, and, and we see the scriptures which say that God began, you know, God cursed Adam. Um, to me, I, I don't, I don't see it as a curse. I, I see it as God pretty much just telling Adam what his life is going to to be like by the reason of the fruit he ate. Now, because the fruit he ate has capacity, has the power to cause Adam to begin to till the ground. Um, fruit will not, that you know, was just there. He, just, he didn't need to do any work. All those things are gone. You will not begin to labor. And that's as a result of man being dead to God and also shifting away from God because another thinking, another working has entered, which began to move men away. Then over the years, you see, it's not immediately that faith went away. Uh, I believe, because uh, you see that men of old, even in the example that we read earlier, they, they were talking about men of faith. Faith, so faith was not absent entirely on the surface of the earth. There was still faith. There were some men that were able to use faith and they were able to connect with God. Uh, starting with Adam, after the fall, you know, Adam thought his children how to offer sacrifices to God. I'm pretty sure he must have taught, taught them well. And uh, the scripture tells us that uh, Abel offered a better sacrifice or according to the scripture it says a more excellent sacrifice so by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain meaning that there was faith involved in sacrificing so over the years faith was not something uh, or let's say in the beginning faith was not something that is so esoteric it's not just a few people Adam had faith Eve had faith uh, they were men of faith. Then over the years, things began to change and then men began to lose faith. Faith begins to diminish. And then God was looking for people of faith or people that can have faith. And of course, he found Abraham, he found you know, Abel, of course, Abraham uh, later, later, because even the time of Abraham was because God was looking for faith. And, and no, not uh, Abraham came from uh, Noah. Right. Uh, so, of course, even from there, you can see in the nature of the people of, of, the, of the three sons of Noah, it's not it's not necessarily all of them that have faith. Right. And God was just looking for that seed who who, who can have faith, who can have faith. Then he found Abraham. Right. Uh, Abraham had faith. After that, there were a lot of other people, but I'll, I'll continue uh, uh, concerning this. So faith was not was not uh, something that was strange. Faith was actually 
normal. It was the norm. It's unlike today that they are, you know, we are learning to have faith because Satan has removed something out of men. He has removed faith out of men. So we are almost becoming uh, numb to faith, which is why when we get born again, God will activate faith. So the moment our spirit is you know, birthed, you know, we experience a new birth, God quickens our spirit. Faith, restoration begins. Why? Because we can't even get born again without faith. Because there's faith involved because you have to believe. Without, there is no faith. Or let me put it this way. There is no believing without faith being involved. When you see believing taking place, there must be a kind of faith at work. It, in, no matter what little form it is, there must be faith at work. Amen. I mean, we're, there's some other things that we're going to talk about here. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but... Um, because I know uh, this 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 aspect of faith, I was going to talk about, you know, uh, different for different kinds of faith, but we get there um, because uh, in this we actually uh, got to see some kinds of faith. Uh, and it says that the faith. So this virtue is the very tool by which the soul of man connects to God. So the fall of Adam brought death to the spirit, but could not totally deaden the soul because the soul could still believe in God. Our Lord Jesus Christ came to save men, and one of the things he advocated for is faith in God, uh, which is Mark eleven twenty two 22 that we read, which says, have faith, he was instructed, he answered them saying, have faith. Jesus answering them, said unto them, have faith in God. And then, so the fall of Adam brought death to the spirit, but could not totally deaden the soul. Now, what that means is that uh, the soul does not die once. The way the spirit just died at once, the soul did not die once. The soul needs to die progressively. Amen. So the soul needs to die progressively. Because the way God built the soul is such that you need to diminish the life in the soul, empty it for you to kill the soul entirely. Now, when you say you empty the life, that doesn't mean that there's no life in the soul. When I say empty the life, what I mean is that you have to remove a kind of life, replace it with another that is able to kill the soul. Or let me put, this, put it this way. The life that is now in the spirit of man, because when man, you know, ate the fruit, it died, the spirit died. That spirit dying doesn't mean the spirit does not exist anymore. The spirit exists, but it is alive to another, but dead to God. Now, what that means is that there is still a kind of light in the spirit, meaning the spirit is still functioning, but the function there is against God. So there is another life inside there burning, burning, that the soul can use to live. Now, of course, we know that that life is the life that the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil gave unto Adam. Right. And of course, I know that life is from Satan, is, is darkness, is not really um, God's light. So when we're talking about the soul dying or the spirit dying, they're talking about deadness to God. Mm-hmm. Because you can be alive to many things, but be dead to God. And if we are dead to God, 
in short, we are dead entirely because nothing else is alive except God. Or the life that comes from God is what is able to make alive. Without that life, everything else would die. Now imagine removing the life of God or the knowledge of the life of God that, that is resident in everybody on earth, even unbelievers. Because unbelievers still have a measure of life from Adam because the life in Adam didn't just vanish. It was over years that Satan trained men. There are still some things that God used many things to preserve, like um, uh, you know, some, I'll, I'll put it some culture, I mean, it's not every, every culture, but um, some aspect of culture that we have, actually, if you check it, check it is, is from God's life. For example, everybody, whether a believer or non-believer knows that lying is bad. Mm-hmm. Nobody can, there is, what gave them that sense is a conscience somewhere, is a life somehow that is embedded in the soul that many people can't deny. So whether they are born again or, 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 or not, there is still some level of preservation of God's life. What by God's wisdom, either by some culture, some level of culture, for example, now you know they say respect, you know, elders, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. there's still some level of rest, there's some level of life in the soul, not in the spirit, in the soul, because the life that Adam had. Right, his, his spirit, soul, and body. When he died, his spirit died, he was dead to God. But the life that he was already living in the soul, because the way you give things to the soul is by learning. You can't just yank away the life there. You have over years, you have to train it, you have to teach it, you have to train it away. So that, that's what Satan has been doing. And that's also how Satan has been removing faith. And as, as he begins to train men to become more carnal, the less faith we have. And when you see the less faith that we have, the more carnal we become, the more trust we have in our own hands. That is a work of unbelief, really. When we talk about unbelief, that is what unbelief is, is a work against faith, is a work against the life of God. So unbelief is being able to trust yourself, but not trust God. Unbelief what you are unbelieving God. Because that's just what it means. You are unbelieving God. But what we should believe or who we should believe is God. So when there was deadness in Adam's spirit, his soul is still alive to some level. To some level. Or let's say so is still alive before Satan began to walk over time on men over years before you know the moving faith up to this level whereby now we have to start believing and even just thinking god exists and the, again the father the the father will begin to trust in our hands the father will go from god because we are all the father will move away from faith so according to this uh to this lesson it says dead in the soul because the soul could still believe in god that's what this lesson is telling us now it says the spirit, but could not totally deaden the soul. The fall of Adam could not totally deaden the soul because the soul could still believe in God. So I guess one of the things that I also want to point out, bring out from this is this, that where believing takes place is in the soul. Where faith is, is put into motion is in the soul. You can have faith in your spirit. If it's not activated in your soul, it will not work. Mm. Meaning that you must put it 
to work. And that is why whether, I mean, I'm going to, we're going to talk about this later, but I don't know how I can you know, free myself from not talking about it, but I guess it is what it is. So we're talking about you know, different kinds of faith. We'll see it later. No, we have faith towards God, which what we're looking at. And we also have what we call faith of the Son. You notice that both of them requires activity. What I mean by that is, they, is because faith is active, Mm-hmm. You can't you can't work either faith of the son without working. Neither can you activate faith towards God without working. What mm-hmm. I mean by working, it means works. What I mean by work means that you must, there is a response needed from you wow. and me. There must be a response. So I guess this will tell us that when it comes to Christianity, we can't just no beliefs no just okay we've learned this today we've learned that tomorrow and not putting it to action not making it putting it to use not responding to god no i don't i don't know how many of us have you know heard many times when you know maybe after you know, a, a, a session in mess in message we just say let us begin to respond to god you know sometimes we just hear that and just let it pass away but really it's actually an instruction Say, let wow. us respond to God, meaning that you've heard something. There is a response needed from what you have heard, which means that every message, there must be a response after. Yes, sir. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We'll see later. And when do faith has come, you must use, meaning your response is the using of faith. You must use faith. You must respond to faith. You must put faith to work. So hmm. when you know, maybe we say, let us begin to respond. If there is nothing to respond to after we have heard, after maybe you heard, you know, pastor preaching, and then ah, message as soon as we respond to God, and then you just, oh, let's be, oh, Father, we thank you, we thank you. But there is nothing actually we are responding to. Ah, that means that we still need to listen to that message again. That means that we still need to look for what the Spirit is saying to us, because there must be instruction to you and me. Even sometimes, you know, maybe what we are learning may not be something that seems like there must be a response, but there will still be a need for response if we look very well. Uh, if we examine ourselves, there will be something to respond to. So faith requires response. Faith must be put to work. Now, where and what you use to work is your soul. It's just that your body carries it out in the, in the in what because the body is for expression in the natural or on earth. The earthly suit is for expression. So when things are in the soul, we are, when, and they will go and do it with the body, it is actually a relationship between the soul and the body. There must be a response. And the thing about the soul is that whatever is stored there as information or as knowledge, it just can't resist from doing the body. You just, the body won't be able to resist. It will just follow suit. Why? Because it is the knowledge in the soul. So where work or where believing takes place, where uh, things are activated is in the soul. But because the soul is a keeper, but the soul is made with, the, with an eternal fabric, fabric, it means that it can be filled eternally. It is possible for the soul to actually take eternal life. Why? Because it is made with that fabric. Is it from that from there that the soul is made? It can expand. It can it can rise up. It can deflate, just like a balloon. On or but on like a balloon that will burst. The soul won't burst. It will just keep keep you know, blowing up. Amen. Amen. Ah, uh, and I'll go further. It says 
because the soul could still believe in God. So our Lord Jesus Christ came to save man. And one of the things he advocated for is faith in God. One of the things he advocated for is faith in God, just like we read in Mark eleven twenty two. 22. Jesus answering them, answering, say it unto them, have faith in God. So though faith had been defined in many ways, but each of man's definition could not capture what faith is. Now, man's definition, I mean, of course, if you look at it, how can you define something that is spiritual? <laughs> Naturally, it's, it's difficult. It's almost important. Actually, it's impossible. Uh, the most reliable definition of faith is in Hebrews 11.1 1, that we just read. And it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I believe everybody must, I, I don't know how many of us know, everybody must have this as a memory. But this is very essential to this lesson. This is also as a believer, it is something we have to keep saying to ourselves to know exactly what faith is. And I believe if we keep doing this over time, begin to see or even have much more understanding concerning faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, I say faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Meaning faith therefore is a substance and evidence of things. So, According to, according to this list as we, are, as we are reading, it says, faith, therefore, is a substance and evidence of things. So if, talk, if we want to talk about things, there, there is a way we can categorize that. Things means anything, really. Mm. When you say things or something, anything tangible can be classified as things. So, for example, a paper is a thing. A pencil is a thing. A stone is a thing. Uh, uh, well, a goat is, is an animal, but it's also a thing because it exists. Uh, I mean, an example would be, oh, what is that thing? Like a baby will ask, what's that thing? Oh, that's a goat. Things can have name. Like noun. I mean, yeah. Noun is the name of an animal, place, or thing. Mm -hmm. So, any noun, I mean, that, that's English, but any noun is a thing. <laughs> Amen. But what I'm trying to say is that thing, anything that is tangible is a thing. Although you can have air, you know, which you can see, but it's still tangible, right? Is a thing, you can feel it. You know what we call air. So there is things. So it says it's the substance and evidence of things. And if you look at it naturally, everything has substance and evidence. Now, if you look at a pen, a pen has substance. It exists and you can see it is, is an evidence. Mm -hmm. Meaning that the, the seeing this pen existing in its shape and form is an evidence. It is tangible. So this pen, pen is an evidence of pen. If we say, oh, I have a pen. What's the evidence that you have a pen? Bring it out of your pocket and we see it. You see it 
Now, if I say I have pen and I bring something you can't see out, you're like, ah, uh, you're a liar. You don't have a pen because there's no evidence that you have a pen. But anything tangible is evidential. I don't know if there's that English, but I create it anyways. Anything tangible is evidential. Now, an example is an angel. An angel is real. An angel can't be seen, but an angel is tangible. There, are, there is evidence of an angel, but that evidence is in the spirit. Mm-hmm. So if, you want to, if we want to use the natural evidence to check an angel, we'll miss out. Why? Because it is not designed not to work that way naturally. An angel is an heavenly being with heavenly suit. A man is an earthly being with earthly suit. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure Adam could see, he could see angels. If not, he won't see the one that was by the garden when they chased him out of the garden. He could see angels. Even after falling, it is, it is, it is clear that men at that time can also descend angels, even without having been told there's an angel. Why? Because there is still faith at work in them. For example, Abraham, when he saw the angels, and he perceived, ah, these men are angels. They entertained them. Now, those men, they were able to tell because there's still some left. They are still, they are, they are still alive in their soul, a lot to God. There's still a lot of faith in them. Amen. So faith, therefore, is a substance and evidence of things. I don't know if this is making things a lot clearer. But faith is, I'm just using this just to, just to paint a picture of substance and evidence of things. Evidence of things means things seen. Substance uh, is part of that thing. I don't know if that makes sense. So or like what the thing carries is a substance, which you can receive. And you can receive it bit by bit, but you can receive it awesomely. Amen. Now, Amen. So faith is therefore is a substance and evidence of things. It's a substance and evidence of things. And you can say to yourself, faith therefore is a substance and evidence of things. It is a substance and evidence of things. So those two words, let's please pay attention to them. Substance and evidence. It is very important. Now, I'll move forward. It says faith towards God defined. So let us define what faith towards God is, because you see that we have been defining faith. Now, we are now coming to faith towards God. Now, faith towards God is a dogged expression from a man's heart, which shows his commitment and total reliance on God and his word. Amen. So faith Man. towards God is a dogged expression from a man's heart. It means that faith towards God is something that is for us. Faith towards God is not for God. It is for us. It is us that carve that word out. It's an expression. Why? Because it explains us or it explains how we or interact with God because it is for us without faith towards God we can't come to God or we can't 
I don't want to use the word, but I guess we can't transact with God. There can't be any transaction between man and God without faith, right? So when a man is able to respond to God in faith and begin, you know, we can talk to God. You know, when we get born again, you know, we know that the Holy Spirit comes into us. And of course, we begin to have or build a relationship with God. That The building of relationship is based on faith, right? Yeah. It's based on yeah. faith. That relationship is based on faith. Now, what will allow our own, you know, relationship is two ways. When you have a friend, you would visit them, say hello to them, and your friends will come, say hello to you. Now, imagine your friend can come to you, but you can't go to them. Your friend knows how to come, but you can't go to them. Why can't I go to them? I don't know the road to their house. I don't know how to get there. I can't even call them. There's no way to find out how to get there. Now, just looking at that expression, now look at a man and God. Because God can reach us, but we can't reach him. Yes, sir. When we, are, when we now respond to God, or when we begin to reach out to God, or let me put it like the example I was giving, when we now begin to learn the road towards God, it is faith that makes that happen. It is wow. faith that makes it such that we can relate with God. So, of course, that expression would be carved out of man because it is, it is to express our relationship with God in a way. Amen. So it, say, it says, it's out of man's side, which shows his commitment and total reliance on God. It, it shows our commitment and total reliance on God. So faith towards God shows our commitment and total reliance on God and his word. So when we open our Bible in the morning, we read it in the hope of having fellowship with God, with the Holy Spirit. What is at work is faith. And we are, what allow, let me put this, what allow us to rely on God's word. So for example, when you read your Bible and you believe what is there, what makes that possible? Is faith. Mm. Now, because you are you are showing that you rely on God's word, right? You also rely on God. So when you say you showed, when you show, ah, faith was God. I have faith was God. I am. Uh, I believe in God. You can't have faith was God if you don't believe in God. So I believe in God. I trust Him. I trust His word. That's this simple scenario. That example is a show of faith towards God. So you can now see how our believer uh, uh, Christian journey is based on faith entirely. Just imagine uh, you know, we had the word, we had the gospel, and as we hear, we all of a sudden, you know, the Holy Ghost begin to work in us, and then we, we just find ourselves, just respond, ah, Lord, I, no, 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 I don't want to be far away from you. I want to be close to you. I don't, I don't, I don't like the way I am when I'm, I, I, I think I want to give my life. This thing that this person is saying is awesome. It's, it's true. There's, there's a way it's, it's resonating in me. Ah, God, I, I want to give my life to you. That simple expression can't be possible without faith. And it's also showing faith towards God. It's like when you are getting born again, they are resurrecting faith towards God in you. Because you release that even in the process of being born again, faith towards God is, is at work. Why? Because you're able to believe on God. You're able to believe on him who you can't see. 
you believe in a, in, in a higher power. I, I, this is God. I need to, I need to. So it is, so let me read again. Faith towards God is defined. How? Faith towards God is a dog expression from a man's heart, which shows his commitment and total reliance on God and his word. When you are beginning to forget God, you are not putting faith towards God. You are, you are not having faith towards God. You are having faith towards other things. Mm. When you want to do things, when you want to live your life, you want to make a decision, but it's not based on your relationship with God. It's not based on your dependence on God. It's not based on your reliance on God's word. It is not faith. There is, there is no interaction of faith towards God there. You are not, because faith towards God shows that you depend on God and his word, meaning that our life, our journey, whatever we do, it's, that is tied to God and his word. Mm. It's tied to God and his word. It then shows that we need to study his word so that we can put this faith to work. Or let me put this this way. We can have a relationship with God. Now, when you say you show you uh, you show your commitment and total reliance on God and his word, meaning you are trusting yourself into someone and you have to have a relationship with us. Imagine you want to give your entire service to someone and you don't know the person. You know, the first thing you do is try to get to know the person before you give your money. If you can, <laughs> if you can do that, right, to make sure we know the person, why won't we then be committed? to knowing God, the, the, the basis of that relationship is God and his word. Let me put it that way. So the, the, the relationship between us and God is showing a reliance on him because God does not, well, let me not, okay, because what I want to say is not true. Uh, let me not say that one because I was going to say that God does not need us. Well, he does. If not, he won't want to save us. However, we need God. We are the ones that truly, truly need God. I mean, God is creator, isn't he? Uh, we are the ones that truly, truly, truly and truly need God. And the truth is that there's something God needs from us too. And we should care to know about that. And the only way we can find is through his word. Amen. So defining faith, let's not uh, you know, die, you know, deviate too much. So faith towards God is a show of commitment and total reliance on God and his word. And of course, that's, that is what Christianity is about, right? When we become Christians, we have signed our, our, our we sign, well, let me put this, we sign to commit ourselves to God, to trust him, to believe that he has our best interest. He has um, uh, our, our love at heart. Is, is not going to uh, leave us, he's not going to forsake us, he's not going to treat us badly. He's going to, he has our best interest. So we are committing ourselves to God. So we are relying on him. And that is a show of faith towards God. Then I'll move forward. The next one is, in, is that we're going to look at is faith towards God, what it does, right? So faith towards God, we've defined it. Now we are looking at what faith towards God does. Now, before I move forward, I want to just establish again that faith towards God, we should look at the word as its faith. It is towards God. 
if it is faith towards God, it means that it is from somewhere towards somewhere, right? Of course, this has explained to us that it is towards God. But from who? It is from us. Meaning that it is us that needs or that is having faith towards God. And the show of that is by commitment or we show our commitment and total reliance on God and his word. So we trust God. We, we, we rely on him. We show that by faith towards God. Amen. Next, faith towards God, what it does. So the first thing I'll mention is faith towards God enables man to walk with God. Of course, I mean, from, from, faith, from the explanation I, I made from faith towards God, I guess we can have a sense of what this is about already. Uh, so faith towards God enables man to walk with God. I repeat, faith towards God enables man to walk with God. Now, what enables you and me to be able to walk with God is faith towards God. So it is what enables us. Now, enables means that it empowers us, right? Now, it enables man to walk with God. Now, one of the most important works of faith is that it helps man to walk with God. All the patriarchs of faith, though were dead in their spirits, could still connect to God because of faith. Now, you see, um, I know we've been, we've been on this study a little bit from the beginning. Just to move further. So the first uh, passage we read, uh, which is Hebrews 11, 1 to 6, uh, even if we read further, 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 but I mean, one to six is our, is our main one. I guess this is an assignment for all of us. But if we continue to read 11, uh, Hebrews 11, uh, further from 6 up to the end, we see that they talked about a lot of people that used faith. But you now realize that these people is, are the people that you know, we consider in the Old Testament or in the era that is, that is the Old Covenant, in the era of the Old Covenant, before the New uh, covenant or the New Testament, and of course the New Testament is when you say the New Testament. Of uh, of course we know that it's talking about the testament that Christ Himself now you know uh, is it I would say author or officiated or, or brought to us right because there was the old and then there's the new. So the New Testament is talking about things that now begin to flow out of the new testament or the new covenant uh through jesus christ amen um yeah. faith towards god enables us to work but one of the most important works of faith is that it helps man to walk with god all the patriarchs so the people that were mentioning in hebrews 11 they are called patriarchs or father of faith or the patriarchs of faith oh patriarchs of faith it's already there though they were dead in their spirit of course we know that when adam fell the spirit Every man's spirit is dead. It means that until Jesus came, died and resurrected and brought forth the new way, everybody is dead in their spirit. Why? Because there, is, there was no way to bring the spirit back to life. Mm. The way to do that is in Christ, is in Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no regeneration. There is no new creation. Why, and, and thank God we learned that lesson uh, in our last lesson, right? Uh, 
So the new creation reality is that when we get born again, we, our spirit is regenerated. Um, so all the patriarchs, everybody in the Old Testament, Abraham, Enoch, and, and we'll read here, all of them, they were dead in their spirit, but they were still able to operate faith. Even though they were dead in their spirit, right? But they were able to still connect with God. It mm. means that there's still some level of faith left in them. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. So, right, so all the patriarchs of faith, do with them in the spirit, still connect to God. Because of faith, it enables man to believe in the invisible and establish a relationship with God. So it's because of faith towards God that we were able to believe in the invincible. Now, the invincible there is the invincible God, right? The in, well, of course, there are many things invincible, right? Of course. Um, I'm just using this to give us a, a perspective, right? It says to believe in the invincible because there are many things invincible, both visible and invincible, right? Yes, both visible and invincible. Uh, so there is invincible. So uh, what I'm saying is that there is both invincible and there's both visible and invincible. What we are used to, is the visible. That's what we are used to because that's what Satan, that's how Satan is killing us because the more, the more we remove ourselves from the invincible, the more it is possible to remove faith from man. Just keep, keep killing it. Keep removing it from there until there is no response left. If Satan is able to, before Jesus came, he was able to remove faith entirely from the surface of the earth. Nobody would be able to even get born again. Yeah, Can you imagine that? That would be terrible, right? Yeah. But thank God for his wisdom. But God also has his way to resurrect. There's still a way to reach us. There's still a stain somehow, somehow in us that can that he can reach out to. Why? And I'm saying this because when you look at the man of sin, right, which is, no, of course, they're talking about the Antichrist. It's not somebody that doesn't know God is somebody that would see God and say, God, I don't want you. And I'm sure that we don't want to get there. Right. Says, I know you exist. I know you are God, but I don't want you. Right. That kind of soul is dead. Spirit. soul, of course, if it's dead spirit, so then the next is just body It's dead. It's like Satan. Satan is dead spirit, soul and body. Mm. And that's where he wants man to be. So if a, a, a believer they remove faith from his soul. There won't be any, they, they, there's no response again to God. Then what God will begin to do is to try and uh, get faith back. You no, know, he can walk around, you no know, trees, what, there's a way, there's a way perhaps just, but you know, it's possible that once, once the heart is snared, just like Satan, the soul will just say, look, Lord, I know you there, but I don't want you anymore. And that soul is for perdition. That soul is for, there. That soul is for hell, and that soul is for eternal lake of fire. So, what enables us to be able to establish, to believe in the invincible is faith. So, when we get born again, and then God restores faith, 
Because, like I said, faith can increase, can decrease. When God restores faith, or faith towards God is being restored in us, we now realize that we are able to believe in the invincible. Why? Number one, God is invincible. So for us to be able to believe and get born again, that must, there must be faith. So when faith is at work, it allows us to believe in the invincible, believe in God, we know that angels exist. So the things that we can't see. Now, most of the things that we can't see is coming from the spiritual, right? Now, God is spirit. So his things is his, his things are or is it are his things can be considered spirits or spiritual. So if we are going to connect his things, if we are going to connect with the spiritual, then we must have faith. So what faith, what it is now faith towards God that enables us to be able to believe in God, to be able to believe in the things he will give to us, even though we can't see them. It is faith towards God that enables us to believe in God and establish a relationship with God. Imagine, you know, what enables you to be able to be walking on the street and in your mind, you are talking to God. I know you are there. You love me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for today. Now, if anybody looks at that person on the road, they will think they are crazy. Why? Because you are talking to yourself or you are talking to what is not seen. Now, a carnal man will see that and say that man is psycho. He has psychosis. Please take him and examine him. Now, I mean, there are, there is, you know, there are real cases of that, but I mean, it is, it is not, if you look at it, it is not really, really, look, uh, or let me put it this way, it is evil spirit that is tormenting people that causes that to happen. And when that happens, of course, of course, it is still a spiritual thing. It's still a spiritual thing. Amen. Amen. So there, there, there are many things that Satan can do to, you know, to create that kind of scenario. But I'm talking, let's not leave, let's leave that with laptop, just generally our with a sane person walking on the street, talking to himself. Anybody that does not have a sense of faith would automatically assume the person is crazy. But people do talk to themselves. Now, but when you are talking to God on the street, hey Lord, thank you. I worship you. What you are doing is you are interacting with the invincible. You believe in a God that can be seen. And that God that cannot be seen is tangible to you. Now, faith, and you remember we defined faith. Faith is the substance and evidence of things. <laughs> now, you now realize that it is faith that can give you God's substance. It is him that can give you God's evidence. So it is faith towards God that enables you because it gives you evidence of God, even nobody is seeing it. Faith towards God gives you evidence of God. It makes God real to you, even though we can't see him. Even I don't know, but you know, many a times I just see, sometimes when I'm talking to the Holy Spirit, is so real to me, more than someone that is standing next to me. Now, what enables that is because of faith towards God, right? I said, God, uh, as this lesson says it enables us to work with God. How? It enables us to believe in the invincible and establish a relationship with God. It's what tells you you are not crazy when you are talking to somebody you are not saying you are praying to somebody you can't see and you're having a relationship, a real relationship 
you can talk with the person, you can gist, you can laugh. You know, many people don't believe that, you know, you can laugh with God. You can, you know, say, ah, or with the Holy Spirit, let me use that word. You can laugh with God because we know the Holy Spirit is God. So we can laugh with the Holy Spirit, uh, talk with the Holy Spirit, you know, pray to God. You can, you know, we can, we can, you know, just our life. Holy Spirit, did you, did you see what happened to me just now? <laughs> Imagine, I was just coming from there. Of course, I know he sees. I was just coming from there and, ah, this, this just happened and I just thank you for just giving me the, 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 the grace to, you know, go through that, you know. Ah, so some just knowing you. Ah, I was almost getting angry with someone that was just you know, ang- getting me angry just now. I just, and I just heard as you just mentioned, no, I should, I should just calm down and, you know, you, to refrain. And I you know it was just, it was just awesome. Thank you. Thank you for, 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 you know, showing up at that time. And I don't know what I would have done. I really appreciate you. I know many of us, we may not appreciate Holy Ghost when, you know, Holy Ghost stop us from misbehaving. You know, it's, it's a good thing. Ah, because he's a real person. If he's a real person, and, you know, for example, you are going and you need uh, an information, and somebody just came and gave you, ah, see, you need to do this before you do that. You'll be, oh, thank you. I didn't know. you do that naturally, won't we? Then yes. why can't you do that for the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Is real. God is real. We should always be thankful. So in all things, give thanks. So let me read further. Um, it says, this is one of the outworking of faith that brings pleasure to God. What am I talking about? The, that which enables us to believe in, and establish, uh, in the invincible and establish a relationship with God is one of the outworking of faith that brings pleasure to God. Meaning that the the the, the, what we are doing by believing in the invincible and establishing a relationship with God, that pleases God. Remember this, it brings pleasure to God. And also, uh, just to establish this lesson, we have Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 5 to 6. Can we quickly just read those uh, verses just to see examples of men that worked with God in scripture. Um, Wesley, I don't know if you're there. Can you please help us with Genesis 5.24? I would read Genesis uh, 17, verse 1. Okay. Um, Genesis 5, verse 24 says, um, and, sorry, 24 says, and Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. Awesome. We see there that Enoch walked with God. Now, if Enoch walked with God, and we said we said we are saying that faith towards God enables us to work with God. What enabled Enoch to be able to walk with God, have a relationship with God, believe in God that is not seen, is faith, and it is faith towards God. Is faith. Genesis 17, verse 1. I already say, and when Abraham was 90 years. 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So God came to Abraham and told him to walk before him. Now, for Abraham to be able to walk before God or or walk with God, that is because he have or he has faith. He has faith. If there is, if he does not believe in God that he can't see, 
and is establishing a relationship with him, you won't believe him. You will not even think about what he's saying. You won't even walk with God. Now, what when you say walk with God or walk before God, he's still talking about a relationship. There is no walk before or with God without a relationship, right? Because it is based on two people, Abraham and God. Abraham is walking before God, right? Now, what enables that interaction? Now, if if, if you really want to know the rest of the story, we should read that book of Genesis uh, from 15, 15 to 17, then we'll see exactly uh, why you know, God is, you know, telling. I mean, God has been telling Abraham to walk, uh, to to work with him since how when he came to him and said, "Leave your father and mother's land and to a land I will show you." Him just left, and I will read that in Hebrews eleven as well. He just left and started going. There is faith towards God at work. Amen. So, Man. I'll go further. Uh, Hebrews five verses five to six. We can read it. Uh, uh, if we have time in our, in our own uh, uh, leisure. Um, I'll go to the next uh, topic. What faith does again? One of the things that faith does is faith towards God enables man to suffer for his name. Now, the first one we said is that it enables us to work with God. The next is that it allows us to suffer for his name. Now, it is clear when it comes to Christianity, there's a whole lot of suffering different kinds. Now, when I say suffering, it's not, you know, to discourage our hearts. I'm not saying that everything about, you know, our relationship with God is suffer, suffer, suffer. No. Now, we'll see what this means. Let's read it. Say, faith also enables man to be fully persuaded of God against many contradictions. I'll read it again. It says, faith also enables man to be fully persuaded of God against many contradictions. It turns on the spiritual sense such that invincible become more tangible than divisible. Hebrews 11, 24 to 26. So that is why Job refused to cause God even when his body was decaying. So can we read Hebrews 11, 24 to 26? Wesley, if you can please help us, that will be great. So, um, Hebrews 11, verse 24 to 26 says, um, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Six, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Amen. Amen. So we can see that this chapter is talking about talking to us about Moses. Now, if we go to Genesis. You can see Moses' uh, story in here, um, where I believe ah, around that 1920-ish, um, where uh, Moses was uh, you know, raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And that uh, could give him a sense of you know, royalty, but he refused to be called 
the daughter of Pharaoh or the son of Pharaoh, right? He says, no, I will, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not an Egyptian, I'm an Israelite. No, not, not looking at the consequences of what that could bring to him. The suffering that will imagine saying you are denying who is okay, fine, now go and live by yourself. And your people, your own people, imagine you've never lived with them, and perhaps don't they're not they don't even consider you part of them because you are you have been raised by their oppressor. And him refused, refused to be called uh, uh, Pharaoh's uh, son. He's not, he didn't take up the royalty. Is, 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 there, is, there is faith at work in him for him to say, no, I will not. I will not enjoy this thing. I will not take this pleasure. This pleasure of being Pharaoh's uh, son, all these privileges, I don't want it. I would rather suffer. Amen. Now, Amen. they gave us an example of Job as well, which refused to cause God now. Uh, when his body was decaying. Now, Job suffered a lot uh, because of, I mean, an accuser. Satan accused him before God, saying that he only loved God because of um, his things that he had. And, you know, he bargained to touch him. And he afflicted him. And everybody was telling Job, cause God and die. Cause God and die. His three friends were, you know, conversing with him and they were telling him, you know, awesome, beautiful, nice things. And, you know, what I mean, just cause God and die, man. Um, there's, I mean, God has, 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 has just abandoned you. I mean, just paraphrasing. Um, then why are you still holding on? Just cause God and die. In the face of that, knowing what he has, he refused to cause God. He said, no, even though he slay me. We still trust in him. Can we just read Job 19, 25 to 26, please? Yes, sir. Uh, Job 19, 25 to 26. Almost there. Sorry. Okay. So Job 19, 25 to 26 says, For I know that Redeemer liveth. Mm-hmm. And that he shall stand at the later day upon the earth. Yes. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Amen. Amen. Uh, some of us may not be able to go through some of the things that are mm. true. And this thing is saying before one or two things happen to us, we quickly. Return, turn away from God. Maybe because, maybe we're, let's say we don't have money, or maybe we are not doing well as we ought to do. All of a sudden, we, are, we, we already started. We, we are saying we cause God straight away. <laughs> it's, and is the, the test of Job that most of us are facing. You know, even though not, not in his own version, in our own version, where maybe there's a lack somewhere. The first thing we are doing is cause God. You know, you know, I, I, we don't think all those murmurings and say, God, why have you been looking down at me? I've been serving you and all these things still happening to me. What is this now? We are causing God. Why? Because we are we're already mm. doing what Job refused to do. Mm. It took on 
it, it said, no, I will, I will remain in faith. I will remain in faith. Let me read, let me read that um, again. The Job 1925, it says, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. So he was still looking forward to the latter day. Say, and though after my skin warms, after my skin warms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Is, is he saying that even this body that is rotting, that is decaying, I will still see God with it. Imagine what persuade or persuaded him to believe that. It had to be faith. He had to believe in something that is not a why. Because every evidence that is seen, every substance that is seen, is telling him it is over. Cause God and die. But faith was at work in him. He has the substance and evidence of another thing. He does not have uh, substance and evidence of things he can see. He has substance and evidence of things he cannot see. And this was possible simply because of faith. Amen. Amen. So let me read that, that uh, snippet again so I can actually explain uh, this area. So faith also enables man to, fully, to be fully persuaded of God against many contradictions. So what we see in the example of Job is that there are contradictions around him. His body is contradicting him. His environment is contradicting him. His wife is contradicting him. His family members contradicting. Everybody was, everything was contradicting. Imagine, imagine when they said Jesus endured a, a great contradiction of sin. Right? Imagine every, everything around is saying, Sin, 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 sin. And everything was so compelling, persuading him, just sin, sin, giving to sin, giving to sin. Or don't trust God. Or, you know, even in things like when we are trusting God for, let's say, a job. You no, know, even in trusting God, some of us, we are not trusting God. We are commanding God. Why? Because our attitude in waiting for God is not in a response of faith. Now, there's a difference between praying to God in faith, but there's a way you can be, you know, you know in the, with an, you can be praying to God with an intent of pressure, not the way things are pressuring you all around. You can be using that to pressure God too. That is lack of faith. You say, God, it has been 30 days. There is no job. All my mates, they are having jobs. All my friends, they are working at beautiful, beautiful companies. Me, I'm at home, still looking for a job. Lord, when will my own come? That one, we are already complaining and we are praying. But there's a difference in that and a difference in saying, Lord, I trust you, I believe. I know that you will provide. I pray, Lord, the job you want me to have, you will lead me there. Lord, in the appointed time, you would guide me. Lord, I pray that you would lead me. Because sometimes we may just need leading. Say, so, Lord, you will lead me. And we'll keep praying. And then we'll see how God will begin to move things. And if so, nothing is coming, we should still give thanks to God. He says, in all things, give thanks. Then he says something, in all things. It is an act of faith. 
when things are going bad and we thank God, or because those things that we consider going bad is a contradiction. It's contradicting or in around is a contradiction around us, saying to us to curse God, to fall out of faith, to fall out of faith. Thank God for his mercy. Because sometimes God is still answering our prayers, even with, with the murmuring and everything, because he's merciful. Unlike me, it is me that somebody is praying to and is murmuring. I will tell him or her, thank you for murmuring. When you are done murmuring, let me know and we can talk. But thank God for his mercies and his, his, his grace to teach us charity and uh, empathy. You know, charity suffering long. Then we begin to learn the different nature, right? But if I was God, I mean, I thank God for that phrase, God were men. If I was God and, you know, with my, with my bad sense then, and then somebody is praying, they're just telling you, no, you're, you're just murmuring. What's that murmuring? Why are you murmuring? Can you just talk to me? Talk to me. Why you talk to me then? Okay. But that doesn't mean that we should just take God for granted. Amen. Not murmuring mm-hmm. is an act of faith. Mm-hmm. Not blaming God is an act of faith. Mm-hmm. Not, not looking at contradictions mm-hmm. to, for the basis of our relationship with God is an act of faith. So faith, it is faith towards God that enables us in the face of contradiction, to still choose to trust God. So if S want to work with God, it says, enable man to fully be persuaded of God. To fully be persuaded, or to be fully persuaded of God against many contradictions. Amen. Amen. For example, if God gave you a word, don't worry. Like Abraham, I will give you a child, and it is 99. And then still believe, even after getting waxing old, still believe that God can do it, right? Now, there are many things contradicting him. His present condition is contradicting. His age is contradicting to him. It's a contradiction. Uh, even Sarah was like, ah, at this age, <clears throat> what is this? What, what, do you, what is this man saying? What is angel saying that I will, I will conceive him? I'm old now. How will I conceive? That's a contradiction. The contradiction is speaking. My, the age was speaking to Sarah. Sarah was already looking at the contradiction. Amen. Thank God for Abraham. Abraham believed God. He didn't look at the deadness of his body, but still believed God. That is faith. It is faith that can enable someone to that. So when we are go- going through things and we're just fully persuaded, we know that our Redeemer lives it. We know that God lives. We know that God is there. We are, we are aware of him we know that he's not deaf you know sometimes we pray to him like he's deaf he's not deaf he says his arms is not too short to rescue is an act of faith all these things should influence our relationship with god should influence even how we pray to him amen amen so, it is faith towards god that enables man to suffer for his name Amen. In the face of contradiction. Let me put it up. It says it turns on the spiritual sense such that the invisible becomes more tangible. You may be seeing something in the spirit or in your your spirit which nobody can see. It is faith of twelve that enables that to happen. And then many people will be telling you, "Eh, do this, do that, do this, do that. Hmm. You just check. In my spirit, 
I'm persuaded not to do this thing. And it is faith to us that will enable you to take a righteous decision, to make righteous decision. It is your faith in God that will allow that. So the faith will go turns on the spiritual sense, meaning that you become more spiritual. Ah, uh, I'm not talking with respect. But when you say become more spiritual, well, I'm, I'm not talking about with respect to Christ man. I'm talking with respect to being alive to things spiritual. Meaning, for example, God, number one. Two, things he gives, like his word, when he's talking to us, right? It's also in our relationship, in our day-to-day -day relationship. It also makes us to look into another realm for living. Because the life we have currently here teaches us to look at the natural. Look at what your hands can do for you. Job, uh, go to work, go to school, do this, so that all this will be set. Okay. Um, um, go and get this kind of job then. Once you make this amount of money, go and apply for financing you with a dealership, they'll give you a car. When you look at all this setup, I'm not saying they are bad. I'm saying when you look at the setup, you see that it is given a chance for us to neglect, for us to forget, for us to not even look into the spirit for to receive things. Why? We begin to look, okay, if you want to receive, just do this, do this, do this, you get this result. Imagine, and that thing is sweet. Why? Because if you do, you can do this, do this and that and get something. You just do just, you now realize that when somebody believes too much in that, they'll be losing spiritual sense. Why? Because they won't tune in into another, another way God can provide things. I mean, I'm not saying God will remove process. I'm saying there is, there, there is, there is a way God brings things in the spirit. There's a way God brings things in the natural, uh, in the in the spiritual, to the natural. God can provide. God can move money to you. God can uh, provide job to you. God can um, give things in the natural. But God is not is not uh, bound. Or God is not. Let me not say God's not bound. Let me, let me, I'll put it this way. God. God, God really, really wants to give are not things around you in the natural. But he can also give that. And there's a way we can get it. And it is by faith. Faith towards God can bring some result in that area. Faith towards God allows us to trust God for our provision. You realize earlier we mentioned that we are, faith towards God is our you know, total submission or is a show of our commitment and reliance on God and his word. So it means that whatever we want, we ought to rely on God for provision. Even if we know that we can do one, two, three to get this, we should still trust God for provision. We should not trust in our hand and our ability to do one, two, three. Because we can do one, two, three and not get what we want. Or let me, or let me put this, we can add one and if I can, if I can add one, add two, I'll get three. In the spirit, it is possible you add one and you add two and you don't get three. It is possible. Or if, when I say in the spirit, I'm talking about when you are looking at things in the natural, which you think if you add one plus two should normally give you three. You realize 
that it doesn't always work that way. You can add one and two, and then you get zero. You'll be wondering what is happening. That's where most of our frustrations come. What is happening? I'm supposed to get three. It's zero. Lord, what is going on? What is going on? It could be God that God is saying, and don't worry, that zero is there for now. It is just, it is just a temporary delay in answer. Once you are, the answer is fully downloaded, you see that zero will turn to three. Many of us who may not have patience to wait for zero to turn to three because they're just the way God do things. So even though in the natural, one plus two will give us three. I'm just using this as an example because it's, it's, I, I hope it will help us understand it better. You know, so we should not, what I'm saying is that we should not trust in our ability to get things to work. We should have a total reliance on God and still do what we need to do. Right, and God will make all things work together for good. Amen. Amen. Let me read further. It says, even when his body was against it, the three, uh, okay, I've talked about it, it turns on the spiritual sense, such as the invisible becomes more tangible than the visible. Amen. Uh, so the three Hebrew boys would rather endure being roasted alive in the flame or fire than to bow to the king's graven image. That is Daniel 3, 12 to 30. These are talking of faith that makes one willing to suffer for the, his name, pleases God. So these are talking of faith hmm, that makes one willing to suffer for God's name, pleases God. So when we don't contradict our faith, when we don't, when we don't compromise our faith, it pleases God. When we are facing many contradictions, but still believes in God, it pleases God. So faith towards God is also what enables us to be able to suffer for God's name. Now let's read this story about the Hebrew boys. Uh, Wesley, can you please help us read Daniel 3, 12 to 30? It's a long read, uh, but let's hope that uh, we can get to it pretty fast. Yes, sir. Um, Daniel chapter 3, verse 12 to 20. Um, <clears throat> I read, it says, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of um, the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, um, sultry, and um, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fairy furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Mm. 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, sorry, 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, 
we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Cedric, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was mm. wont to be heated. 20. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fire furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego. 23, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Then answered and said unto the king, true, O king. He answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the form of the fort is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fire furnace and speak had said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselor being gathered together saw these men, upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head sinked, Neither were their coats, neither were, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnego, who had sent his angel and delivered his servant that trusted in him, that delivered his servant that trusted in him, and have changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnagal shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abagnagal in the province of Babylon. Amen. Can we see uh, the example of faith that uh, you know, they explained to us here that Meshach, uh, Shadrach, and Abednego refused or refused to bow down to the idol, to the graven image? Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king then or the ruler, wanted to kill them. Now, they were fully persuaded. They said, We are not careful to answer you in this matter. See, and what would make them to say that and be bold 
willing to suffer is because they trust in their God. They have believed in him. They have committed themselves to him. And let me see if I can quickly read what they said to him, just to see their response. Uh, let me quickly go up. Okay. Said in verse 16. Said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the bearing furnace, and he will de deliver us out of thy hand, O king. So they trust and believed God. What is at work in them is faith towards God, because they were they were they were they were put into work. Their faith in God, their faith towards God, they put it to work. They they trust in God. They submitted as they said. They did not compromise for God. And they said that he is able to save us. Get, get what they said next after that. In verse 8, they say, but if not be, if not, be it known unto the king that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Said even if he did not deliver them, they will still not bow down. Meaning they were willing to suffer for God. They were willing to not, let me put it this way, to not compromise God's standard. They were not compromising God. They were not compromising his values. They were not compromising, uh, because the reason why they didn't want to bow to another God, of course, you know that they were from Israel initially. So they know that God is one, but one God. They will not serve any other God God, as we know, that shall not serve another God before me. No, they, they've heard that, of course, but it's more than just the, you know, the commandment to them. It is their lifestyle. They have so much faith in God that they were willing to not serve any other God or bow down to any other God or make a graven image of another God. Some were struggling, but then they were not struggling. They were able to just obey that. Why? Because of faith. They have faith. In God, they trust God, they were able to commit themselves to God. So, this is also an encouragement for us when maybe some things are happening and and uh and uh you know different contradiction is speaking around us to just compromise. You know what? You can just lie a little. Oh no, 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 no. This thing, there's no law that says you can't do it, but Holy Ghost is Holy Spirit is telling you inside you, don't do this thing. <laughs> you know, you won't just remove that and just go ahead. What would allow you to just obey, even in the face? And another example is that it might even be something that requires that for you to lose money. So, for example, maybe they say that you should do something that you know your spirit they say you, should, you know, just don't do it. But if you do it, maybe they're going to give you one million dollar. Just imagine that, and ah, you're like inside of me, the spirit is saying no. Hmm. Maybe something is not clear yet. Ah, okay. okay. Let me just let me wait on God, right? But because we see one million that we can complete, ah, one million, God has brought blessing. Oh yeah, let's go and do. And it might be things that is unlawful, that is unrighteous, that you may need to do. But it will take faith in God, love for God, to not want to compromise, to be willing to suffer in God's name, to just stay on God, to remain on God and his word, to not go outside that. Amen. Let me go further. 
right now. Okay, I have about 15 minutes more. Okay. Now, let me read it. Uh, so we've read that. It says, this outworking of faith makes one willing to suffer for his name, pleases God. So this we can say in an example of Medrach, Shedrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what they did pleased God. When it pleased God, God actually sent help. He sent help to deliver them from the fire. And when he sent help, then Nebuchadnezzar declared their God is the only God. There's no other God. So God was pleased. And they are not the only example. You see other things, other examples. Of course, everyone, Hebrew 11 gave account of everybody, even in the Old Testament, that did something that they considered faith. And this thing pleased God. And you realize in our, in our verse, verse six, 11, Hebrews 11, verse 6, which says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Then the next one, I guess this may be the last one uh, before we continue, um, perhaps next week. So this aspect uh, is talking about what faith enables us to do. Uh, this is the third one, and I, I believe the last one we're looking at. It says it also, talking about faith, it also enables man to depend on God for his needs. This, I've mentioned it earlier, but I'm going to talk about it again. Why? Because uh, this thing that I explained, say, faith towards God enables man to depend on God for his needs. This is very essential. And this would help all of us as well, because it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a basis for our foundation. Um, it, because most of the time when we, or because there are different areas where we fall short. Now, an area that can be very pressing is an area of need. When you have need for something, it can push you to do things. It can push you out of faith. It can push you out of God. So it's good for us to understand this. It says, man was not created to meet his needs in his own way. Amen. Amen. Man was not created to meet, meet his needs in his own way. Amen. Just because you can go to school, just because when you go to school, you can get a degree, just because when you get a degree, you can get a job, does not mean you should remove God from every single thing you are doing. Just because technology and government and Canada, or maybe we are somewhere else, maybe not anywhere, because uh, I know some of us, that from Nigeria, we know that that place is very hot now. And I, and I like it because it gives many, many, a lot of people are believing in, in God. People have faith. People are alive. Although many people are, are losing uh, faith now, everybody wants to jack up and leave. Right? But one thing that is kept for those that are sensitive in the spirit is that it, it is actually allowing men to cry out to God more. If you look at it, I believe there's still preservation of faith in that country. But when you come here, uh, there's a lot of things that can put you at peace, that can remove you, cut, cut your head, remove everything God in you. Why everything is just peaceful? Just come here. You don't need to. You know, in Nigeria, I don't know anybody that might be listening to me that is not from there, but you know, 
and from there, so I just have some examples, is when you, you know, you are going out, uh, you pray for Johnny Mercy Lord, as I'm going out, let me go and come back in. And you'll be wondering, how many people pray that prayer in Canada? Nobody. Why? Because there's a, there's a kind of faith we have in the system not, that is not necessarily God. Now, I'm not saying that praying that prayer uh, is better or you should not pray that prayer. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just using that as an example of how things can be so far removed from us. It's different when you are you know, going out, but in understanding, you know that who is keeping you is God. Many people don't believe it's God that is keeping them. The same road that we are driving, the same road everywhere uh, that you drive, you just look back. Maybe you pass somewhere, and then you look accident. You'll be wondering, what, ha- what happened? It's not, it's not because you are awesome and perfect or you believe in God. It's because of God's mercy. Faith, there is faith in God. And a lot of us are alive in our faith to God. But the moment there is, you know, peace, there is no problem ah, in Canada. Oh, to get a car, you just have to work 500 shift, making so, so, so amount of money. You get a car, you move, you know. There's, there's already a process you can follow like that. Many people don't believe God actually can provide for them and give them things like that. Or when you, and although they might, but when you look at you know, their belief inwardly, you notice that something has been removed, shifted. Even though they say they trust God, but something, there's just a response inside that has been removed. There's no understanding of God in the with things that we do. But this tells us clearly that we are not designed. We are not designed to meet our needs our own way. And it is clear how Eden, in the beginning, God put Adam in the garden, is to tend to the garden, but look at it. The fruit will yield to him, bring forth fruit. Herbs will yield, bring forth. But the moment he sinned, something tampered with that life of faith. How? You now need to till the ground. You will now need to rear crops. You will not need to plant. You now need to rear animals. Sorry, rear animals. You now to plant crops, walk, do servile work for him to be able to feed. That is really not the original way. Now, let me balance this, please. It does not mean that because you've heard that, that everybody will not sign up. We're not going to work again. If you do that, you will not eat. Why? The New Testament tells us that if you don't work, you should not eat. Now, there are some things God won't just yank away like that. Now, because think about it. If uh, God just yanked things away like that, uh, to me, I see there will be a lot of chaos. So God won't just remove you going to work, working, because even that one, God will use it to install his life in you. Now, the God of this world has moved his domain, kingdom, just from the spiritual, his natural, is seen in the natural, how? By different system that they put in place. Now, it doesn't mean that we won't use the system. It just means that we will not commit. It. The system itself is not going to be our life. We know that our life comes from God. He who brings provision, he who supplies, is God. So it is faith that allows us to do that. The man was not created to meet his need in his own way. Now, let's read for that because this will make it clear. Say, in his own time and with his energy. Ah, thank God I, I should have read this whole thing. It's keep my mind because this actually gives us a better picture. I'll read it again. It says, man was not created 
to meet his needs in his own way, in his own time, and with his energy. But it doesn't mean you will not work, because when you look at it now, to in his own way, in his own time, when you look at those three things, ah, you're, what you're already seeing is I go to work, and make, I give my time, I make money. When I'm giving my time, I'm using my energy. And of course, check will come. Paycheck, it don't show. Now, that is not the original design. So anybody with this mindset is a gentile. Now, when we go to work, it doesn't like we'll go to work. Going to work, we're not we're not saying we're not going to go to work. We're going to go to work. Like I said, balancing it. Either does not work. Should not eat. That's scripture. Now they're not talking about going to work and making money and things like that. Now there is a sense in man. It is possible that we so trust in the ability to do something to get results with our own hands outside of God, without any dependence, without any reliance, without any leading from God. And most of these things usually end in sorrow and you spending your soul. You may ensure, the funny thing is that you may, you may give your time, give your energy, meet your need and make a lot of money. But one thing will be missing you'll be missing life your soul will be suffering you would it will we can do those things at the expense of our soul because what we use to actually get these things right to meet our needs and to you know spend our time and our energy what we use for that is our soul and when we spend it without faith you it is clear we're going to spend life right we're going to spend life we're going to labor because of time, I'm not going to read. I don't know. Maybe next week we'll see if I can continue from here. But it is clear when you go to Isaiah, and then uh, let me quickly see if I can quickly read. Ah, because of time, because of time. Isaiah 50. Uh, five. Isaiah 55, I read from verse 1, say, Oh, everyone that tested, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy. Buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread and, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? I can diligently unto me and eat, yea, that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Now, don't bring that up here. Is where it says, Why do you labor for that which satisfies not? It's for, why do you spend money? That money that you are spending is not necessarily currency. Your soul is the currency in the spirit, your soul is the money in the spirit. When you spend it, you can spend it and, and get something that is not bread. But what the soul ought to eat is bread. When I say bread, I'm talking about things spiritual. Now, bread is meal. It's, it's God that feeds us spiritually. Now, we can spend our soul for that that will not actually edify, that that will not give life to us. We can labor. That labor, imagine just imagine tilling, just spending your soul energy. Imagine you can, you can, you, you can, you can spend your soul. Work and work and work and work. And just get a little, or even you can even get plenty, but then at the expense of your soul, right? But those things, what it is clear is that it will never satisfy the soul, right? Because the scripture says, Why do you live for that which satisfied not? Um, and here's the truth nobody 
that is that does not have God is satisfied. They would always be looking for something. Now, may, everything may look glamorous, everything may look awesome, but there is always a vacuum in the soul of man. That vacuum is meant to be replaced by God. If it's not there, the soul cannot take it. Why? The only thing that can satisfy the soul is that which is eternal. The soul is made with an eternal fabric. And he who is eternal, who is God, is the only person that can feel it. Anything that is not made of that fabric, the soul will end up swallowing it. That is why we enjoy things for just a moment. How? So we take things, let's say you buy a new phone today, just check it. When you buy that new phone, you'll be happy, happy, excited, awesome, beautiful. Just two days, three days, the soul has finished all the all the life substance inside that thing, and it is in it is not tangible. Why? Because the soul chew it, enjoyed it for a moment, joy, ah, awesome, then it vanished. Huh. Imagine a soul that is subjected to that in a cycle. That is huh. so, that is sorrow. Imagine being excited for a moment and then sad. They go and look for it. Excited and then empty. Excited, empty. Excited, empty. That is a sorrow cycle. So man is not designed to meet his need in his own way, in his own time and with his own energy. There must be an element. There must be a sense of God in there. Says anybody with this mindset is a gentile. Now we'll read Matthew 6 31 to 32. Ah, time has gone, it's already nine. Sorry, I'll just maybe take our time for like five minutes and then I'll round up. Um, but uh, I just need to quickly read this Matthew 6 31 to 32. Wesley, if you can please quickly help us read it. Um, yes, sir. Um, that is what we will read and then we'll end for today. And then we'll continue from there next week. Okay. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 32. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Amen. Amen. Are we seeing what the scripture is saying here? So, just to buttress that point of we're not meant to meet our needs by our own way, meet our needs in our own way in our own time with our energy doesn't mean we won't spend time or energy right but anybody because the gentiles this is what they do they take thought so from what we just read right um because i think what also gives us perspective is that from verse 26 i already said behold the fowls of the hair for they sow not neither do they reap nor gather into bonds yet your heavenly father feeded them are you not much better than they which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto the statue. And why take ye thought for a minute? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon, that even Solomon is not in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, 
which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Because he's still talking about lack of faith here, right? Take note for, for what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what the, which shall we be clotted? For all these things the Gentiles seek. See this thing they just mentioned. is our problem. If you check it, our problem somehow is tied to what we shall eat, what we shall drink, and what we shall wear. Most of the time, we're thinking about what we shall eat, how much money we'll have to take food. Okay, we want to wear clothes, we want to, we want to shine. You know, we are fashion. If we like fashion, we want to know show show class, right? And then other things. Uh, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? You know, it's talking about no feeding. Now, if we check everything, is tied to that. If it's about things you are doing, maybe at work to you know legally to earn more money, it's still tied to what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. Most of our problem is tied to those things. What we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall put on, then it will be pushing us to do many things. And then it will push us to go and get things outside God or outside God's way or the way God designed for things to come to you. So man is not designed to live that way. It is Gentiles that live this way. Say for all, for after all these things to the Gentiles, it is Gentiles that use their own energy that don't that removes God and just think about getting things. For example, someone that said they don't believe in God, and I said I don't believe in God. Why? I can why? Well, I, 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 if I don't want me to believe in God for money, no, I don't need to do that. Why? Because I'm making millions already. Now that kind of a soul is trusting in his in his own strength, time, and energy, and getting things provided in his own way. Now, we are not designed to live that way. And I want to make this clear and then I round up. And it, I think this one should sink into each and every one of our heart. Say, man was not created to meet his needs in his own way. You realize that he didn't say that man is not meant, man's need is not meant to be met. He says, Man was not created to meet his needs in his own way. It means that it is God that clearly should make or that should de de declare or show for us a way for our needs to be met. If God does not bring solution to that, that means we are going to do it ourselves. We should have total reliance on God in bringing things or in meeting our needs. Whether we are going to spend our energy and time or not, there must be total reliance on God for our needs to be met. It takes faith. So when someone is not trusting God for their needs, believing God for their needs, it is faith towards God at work because it shows commitment to God and his word. Amen. 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 So next week, we are going to continue. I think I have to stop here because it's already time. And I trust, I don't know, I, I'm very blessed you know, by this today. I don't know if you are blessed, but 
um, breast greatly, just looking at this, um, just seeing what fit enables, fit well, what it is and what it enables us to do. I'll just quickly recap, right? First, it says faith is the substance and evidence of things. So faith is the substance of things. So according to Hebrews, the evidence of things not seen. So according to this lesson, it says clearly that faith is the substance and evidence of things. I know we have still not seen that uh, this area explained further, but in next lesson, we're going to see further how this, how this you know, comes into play, how, how, how faith is the evidence uh, and substance and evidence of things. We're going to see it clearer um, in the next lesson. So let's not forget that our memory, these are part of our memory verse for today. Faith, in Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then two, a highlight for us is that faith is, is in, in Hebrews 11, verse 6. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, we now see how we please God in part of what faith enables us to do, which is what we uh, mentioned. Three things we mentioned. The third we are explaining, but we have not finished. The first, that it enables us to depend on God for our needs. So that's the last one we were looking at. Faith was God enables man to suffer for his name. That's God's name. And faith towards God enables man to walk with God. No, I went, I went you know, backwards, but if I want to go the way I went today, let me start again. Because I know the more the more I say, the more you no, know, it can ring in our heart. Said so faith towards God enables man to work with God. So that's after we define faith, right? Faith is substance and evidence of things hoped for, right? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the substance and evidence of things. Faith towards God. Because let's let's clarify that there's faith, right? Now we define faith towards God. Faith towards God is an expression carved out of man's heart, which shows commitment to total reliance on God and his word. What does faith towards God enables? What does, or what does faith enables? Faith towards God. Faith towards God enables man to walk with God. Example, Enoch walked with God. Two, faith towards God enables man to suffer for his name. Example, Job. Example, the three Hebrew. I don't know. We used to say boys, but I don't. I don't. I don't think they are. I don't think they are boys. They are men. Three Hebrew men. Um, I don't know why we call them boys, but God is with us. Amen. Amen. Now, the third one is that faith towards God enables man, or it enables man to depend on God for his needs. And I'm pretty sure we can, we all can, you know, find the bit and pieces of these things in our, in, in our life. And God will continue to help us. So next week, we're going to continue from the third part, which is it enables man to depend on God for his needs. Um, further explain that, and then we'll go further into things we should know about faith. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Amen. So let's just begin to thank God for, for today. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Thank you for your grace for today, even to look into your word, to look into uh, this lesson, this life class today. Thank you for teaching us concerning faith. But I will give you praise. We thank you for even installing measures of faith in our hearts, even in, in a measure, even as, as we have gone through this lesson today. We, we give glory to you. We give honor to your name. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we thank you for today. We thank you for how you've helped us receive it. That we have exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that your word which you have decreed and declared upon us and the faith which you have even brought forth that you have allowed to come to us today, even by this lesson, Father, we say thank you. We say thank you. the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray, oh Lord, that even as we listen to these things, you even continue to establish faith much more, much more in our heart, in the Amen. mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, because you answered our prayers, for in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen.